I think where we should start is just with you introducing yourself. Oh yeah, I'm Ariel Kabusi. I'm a writer, director, uh, and actor, and a producer. All uh, the things. <laughs> I'm editor, graphic designer, but that's the order, probably. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I, I live, I'm from New York, I'm from Manhattan. And I currently live in Ridgewood, where I am right now. Ridgewood, Queens, which is a very good place. A lot of artists, a lot of filmmakers over here. I live with an artist, um, but yeah, um, that's that's me in a nutshell. I mean, uh, I went to. I can do my whole bio spiel. I can do that. Yeah. 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 Um, so I went to a small liberal arts school called Williams, which also, fun fact, Frederick Wiseman went there. Oh, really? Oh, That's yeah. pretty awesome. There's not that many, it's not too filmy a place, but there are a few surprises. So he went there, so I was like, uh, he never visited. John Sales went there, too. Um, so few. Frederick I, Wiseman is Catherine's favorite filmmaker right now. He so. is, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I don't yeah. know if you saw her face light up, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love him. He's He's great. Um, I yeah, Titty Cut Follies were already one of my favorites. Um, I'm curious, but we could let's go back to that. But yeah, so I went there. Um, I studied film with this professor Eliza Johnson. They don't have a it's not super intense film place, but the people they had were really good. Um, and ever since I graduated, I I moved back to New York. I just kept making things. Uh, I've made a few documentaries. Making documentaries is very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't made one in a while, but leaning more towards narrative work these days. Um, and I always, what I do is I always put myself in my own work. So I kind of became a professional actor in a kind of organic way because people would see me acting or performing or just appearing in my own work, and through that I would start getting cast. Even even in the documentaries I made, I, I would put myself in it. Um, and that's how I kind of became an actor, too. Uh, but, yeah, so that's everything in a nutshell. I could go on about... Yeah. Well, I think that it's funny because you're the second, you're only our second guest so far, and both of you lived in Queens, so (laughs) we just had our, we just had our friend Ryan on, and he's based in Queens, and he just released a documentary called Good Monsters, that's, uh, oh my god, yeah, so, (laughs) I think that's super funny, but, I think it's a really good, it's a really good scene out here, a really good creative vibe, um, I've never exactly. spent any time out there, but I know me and uh, Ryan's wife, Deirdre, she's an actor out there in Queens, are going to make a... F- we're writing a film together that we're going to both star in. And uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, That's so cool. Yeah. Is it Ridgewood? Or where is it in the Queens? Is it Ridgewood? Dad, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with Queens, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> but It's pretty big, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm on the border, the Bushwick border. Okay. Um, so I'm not deep Queens, you know? Yeah. But... Um, it's, technically, it's it's Queens, and 
But yeah, a lot of filmmakers. Um, it's a great place to be. It's very, I find it a very inspiring place to work. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could. I could go on about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to hear a little bit about. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna go there to make a film. Oh yeah. And I, yeah, and I'm definitely thinking of making the move in the fall. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. great. <laughs> to, yeah. to Queens? Um, I'm leaning towards Brooklyn, but I haven't really figured out the neighborhood yet. But maybe Queens. It's, yeah. It's a good place. Yeah. You can find. Um. Yeah, it's it's a hard place to leave. It's just, it's very tricky. Especially when you do film stuff. It's always like, oh, because I grew up here. It's always like, oh, should I leave New York? But it's just just so much. Yeah, there's so much as as I'm sure you've you, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yep, that's the reason. So yeah, there's yeah. always something. You just never. There's something new. There's something exciting and. A lot of great people to collaborate with. Never-ending pool here. So yeah, I encourage. Good. You do it. Yeah. So um, I'm curious. Uh, I came. Well, there's a couple things I want to touch on, but first, I want to kind of get your background with filmmaking and what attracted you to film. How did you get into it? And then how did that lead to making documentaries and being interested in documentary specifically? Um. So film, I wasn't the coolest person in high school, um, so I would spend a lot of time watching movies. Basically, IFC used to exist. It used to show movies, and I would just, I would just take it all in. I loved it. I also felt that it independent film. I got really into independent film because it kind of there. The types of stories being told that I'm more identified with, I found more real than kind of mainstream, uh, mainstream stuff that was being made. Um, and um, so it's really started in high school, and it just became an obsession. Um, to me, film is the highest. You know, it has everything: it has music, it has uh, storytelling, it has images. So to me, it's a, it's like. All those other things I like. I like art. I like books. I, I like it. But for me, film is just everything. Um, and then documentaries. Um, I don't know how that 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 really came into it. Just was a part of it. Um, and I really, I made my first. The first movie I ever made was a documentary about my grandfather because I was taking. It was just an introductory video class, and we were. The assignment was to do something. We watched the like, Grey Gardens. We we're trying to make something kind of in that genre, kind of cinema, verite type thing. Um, so, yeah, that was the first thing I ever made. And, yeah, my interest in documentary has grown more and more because I think I'm just realism. Realism in film, there's something about it that, I never find boring, or there's some, there's just something about it. Documentary, if you know if you've made a documentary, how time-consuming and hard it is, and so I'm not making it, but still, it's a part of what I'm doing right now. Right now, I'm making a TV show. It has very surrealist elements. I'm making it in Ridgewood, Queens, but I still have a, 
there's still a really, it's still grounded a lot in documentary and realism because a lot of it's just talking to normal people, um, learning more about their jobs. I, I can't really explain why I'm interested in realism. I just, there's just something about it. I can't, I can't explain. Um, <laughs> and then the documentaries I'm attracted to are people, I mean, like, because it was kind of like, I saw them and I thought, these people are similar to me in that they're putting themselves in their own work as a way to make it their own. I think that a lot of documentaries, I'm not a fan of the auto documentary. A lot of it I, I'm not a fan of because I don't really see what makes it unique. To I, I like documentaries by auteurs because you could say, like, an Agnes Varda film cannot be made by anyone else except Agnes Varda. And a lot of that has to do with she's in it herself. Um, so... Yeah, I just, she's been a huge influence, Herzog, too. Also, the fact that he, Herzog, I always kind of feel like that would be a nice career to have because he makes his documentaries but makes his money acting. And I'm like, that, that, that sounds good to me. That would be a good <laughs> kind of thing. And I, I kind of, yeah, I, I identify with that. There are not too many people like him, you know, are doing like, have careers quite like him. Um, so, but yeah, there are also a lot of documentaries that I just love because they're the kind of things that when cable access used to exist, I always am drawn to those types of movies where it's like you discover something, you discover another world or other types of people that they just seem so rare or something that only you know about and that's like a titty cut follies thing that type of thing where you're just giving um the honor of kind of being exposed to these really different types of people i became aware of you because your film the poet and the professor which i think i had a film and you had a film that played on the bureau and, yeah, yeah, and I heard about it through that, and then I saw like IndieWire posting about it and all this stuff, and it's such a good and funny film, and I could definitely tell that you had like a familiar, like there was a familiar kind of playfulness that I think cinema, like a lot of new cinema, is kind of missing, and I saw it in that, and then. Uh, and then whenever I approached you about coming on here and doing the podcast, you sent me over some of your documentaries and mm -hmm. they have some of that playfulness too. Like, where does that come from? Is that just like, I can kind of tell that that's who you are, you know, just kind of, you know, <laughs> it's like funny and interesting and, and you really dive into like these subjects and it feels honest. And, um, where does that inspiration come from? Is I guess what I'm getting at. Um, I mean, that's what I was talking about before, where, but, so if we talk about, like, taking tacos, thanks for watching that. Oh, yeah, I love that movie so much. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much. So, <laughs> taking tacos is a film I did, um, I got a grant from my college to make that, to go to Berlin, and make this film about, uh, an art squat that was kind of disappearing 
a famous art squad that existed in the Takara's building, in the center of Berlin, and they were kind of being dissolved because of gentrification and high rents. And um, so I went there, you know, on paper, anybody could do a good job making this movie. So when I went there, I was like, I made it with my brother also, who, who's, we collaborate a bunch. But I was saying to him, you know, I want to make something that only I could make because otherwise what's the point of this whole thing? Why am I doing this? So for me, I try to inject myself and my personality even if it, if it, because a lot of the filmmakers we're talking about, Agnes Weider, Werner Herzog, they, those are the people who inspire me and, and I get a lot from their work because it's just wholly, it's just kind of, they're a gift to me to have to uh, get their kind of worldview put in something, you know. Um, but so I get, I guess I just do it. I mean, maybe I just do it intuitively. What you're talking about, the the sense of humor. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to talk to. Um, I think I have to for my own sanity is just find humor in kind of dark <laughs> situations. I mean, that was a dark situation. The poet and the professor, I mean, that could be a horror film. I mean, that could be, but I feel like I, in order to get through these kind of tough situations, I have to put, inject some humor into it. Of just... But, um, Otherwise, it's just too much to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I get. I guess that's that's the whole point of comedy. It's just, um, but yeah, I mean, most of these movies, I'm glad. Harder thing coming through because I really, I I think that she is kind of if there was God on Earth, that would be Agnes Bar. Like that's how she's my favorite. She's my favorite filmmaker. I know I, I have a lot of favorites, but I this is my stock answer because I think she's she's a perfect her movies are perfect to me. And I don't think I'm anything quite like her. I think I have a very sometimes I kinda of have a more cynical or dark worldview and her movies are just so respectful of humanity, of people, and I feel like I'm not as good as her, and but if, if a little bit is coming through, that that makes me feel good that you you are seeing a little bit there. It definitely does because I watched um, your documentary back to back with um, Beaches of Agnes, and I did feel like a tonal comparison to them. <laughs> so that's like that's so nice. You know, that just, yeah. Yeah. but to yeah. me, like to me, it doesn't feel like a ripoff because it does feel no. like, it feels like wholly you taking. How do you say it, Takalis? Takalas. Yeah, so taking Takalas, like, it didn't feel like an Agnes Varda ripoff at all. Like, it just felt like, it felt like you, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't know you, but I felt like through that film I did. And the comparison that I felt, though, is that it just felt so honest. And it felt like, okay, you're in this situation, which Varda does a lot as well. And then it's like, how do you inject yourself into this situation? <laughs> and you feel like, I, and you could feel like you really kind of loved experiencing this place, even though you you knew it was going to be gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think 
Yeah, nothing. The thing that's good about movies is that it shows you that nothing is black and white. Yeah. You know, the art. But in that, in taking Taco as a, for example, on paper, I went there with that idea that these artists are, you know, they're the underdog. We need to go there and help them. We need to film and show what's happening. But then, you know, when we got to Berlin, me and my brother, we got there. We saw that everything was way more complicated than we originally thought and um you know some of the artists weren't that great you know a lot of them were doing the artists i don't even know if they were artists <laughs> they're more kind of doing some shady stuff um so but yeah of course the history i think that agnes varda i would i she doesn't get bored by anything i mean let's mm -mm. be serious she could not be bored you could just put a fruit, a piece of fruit on yeah. the table. She would, she, and I feel like I'm similar in that way. I don't get bored easily like a lot of people seem, you know. And for me, I could, that building, I think a lot of people, that's a little bit different, but that building and the history behind that place, it's just the levels of what it went through. I mean, I, I found that... Um, I mean, and it's something totally that I haven't been back. Now Now it's it's actually a mall. It's kind of crazy. Mm. We did break it into a mall hotel. Um, it's just something that is crazy to me. And I'm glad I got to make that movie. But um, it was extremely hard to make the movie. Um, it took a really long time. And I've kind of stepped away from making documentaries. Uh, people ask me, like, when are you going to do one? I, I, I've stepped away, but still it's very much uh, a part of what I'm doing now. Um, it's kind of finding, injecting realism into my narrative kind of storytelling. Part of this podcast is, like, less, like, hey, let's jump in and, like, interview filmmakers, but let's, let's also, like, jump in and just talk about films that we love because that's really what this podcast is. It's about loving films, and and we love Varda. You love Varda. Let's talk about Varda. So <laughs> um, I really want to jump into talking about the film Beaches of Agnes. of Agnes's, Agnes Varda's documentary where she basically puts together all of her work and it's an autobiography that explores I think her love of her past um, combining it with her present in a way and she explores both her family and the filmmakers who I think meant a lot to her. Um, my favorite part about it is that she really kind of shows how much she loves cinema um, and combines sort of the objective with the subjective and how that sort of is a theme throughout all of her work. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing that strikes me about this film and which is kind of a constant in a lot of Agnes Varda's documentaries is just her sense of playfulness. And I think a lot of that comes from, she talks a lot about like have never like gone to film school and stuff. So I just think that she doesn't have a sense of like that there's any rules with film. <laughs> And I really love that about her movies so much. And it really strikes me every time I watch one, just that it just feels wholly her. You know what I mean? 
When she says that when she started, she wanted to combine like photography with writing, but she said the last key was just imagination. And I think that, that just really shows in her work that it's like, like you're saying, it's her. And she brings in this like other element that it's like just joy and magic in some ways. And I just, her every movie, that every documentary she makes, I just learn so much about art. And, and yeah. other, you know, it's just also, I'm just, it's kind of, have you, they used to have Arts 21. I don't know if they have interview contemporary artists. It was a really good PBS show. And I feel like she, in the, <laughs> she was kind of filling in the gap for when Arts 21 went away and just educating people about contemporary art. And, um, and I mean, it's like everything you're saying, and then she also does that, you yeah. know? She does all these things, and then also it's just really educational, and you find out so much about her and her connection to it, and that makes it even more interesting and meaningful, and I think her personalizing it, yeah, like you're saying, it just, um, it's just so beautiful, um, yeah, there's there's something in Beaches of Agnes too that I really loved, just because it's so much about cinema, and like her connection mm -hmm. to like filmmakers. And wait, or am I mixing that up with? I think actually, never mind. Let's cut that. No, she ta no, she talks about it. No, she talks about a lot of filmmakers and like yeah. how she got into the business um, in Beaches. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. <coughs> I, I feel like like talking about Beaches of Agnes is also talking about Faces Places because they're so similar in a lot of ways, but not in like a bad way. It just feels like a continuation of that story. And I feel like a lot of her films do that. They kind of build on each other. And Sheila is like referring to all these people that she knows and the, that she loved and had relationships with and who had friendships that fall out and, you know, like, especially in Faces Places where she really, like, talks about Godard and, you know, and he's kind of a constant through the whole film. Mm -hmm. And, of course, like, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but the climax at the end and... <laughs> yeah. Or the anti-climax, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's funny because in Faces, or sorry, in Beaches of Agnes, she talks a lot about how she was allowed to photograph Godard without his sunglasses, and then that becomes, oh, yeah, like the storyline, like that, that does sort of give it away, sorry, but like becomes a storyline for Faces Places in a way about like how does one like reveal their self, themselves in their work in cinema. And I think she does it so well that from the people around her, that's all she's trying to get from them. It's like, just show yourself because that is what I think makes art so great. Yeah. And I do feel like a lot of times I have this like view of documentaries, like you should be like objective and you should like stay out of the way and let the story unfold. And then I think that Ariel's right that like, <laughs> you know, with like your films and with like Agnes Varda and with Werner Herzog and with uh, so many other documentarians that like put themselves in it and really make it about their lives. There is a way to do that where it's, where it can be so, just informative and relatable and human uh i just think like the bad example is like what happened like later on like <laughs> with like you know filmmakers 
after uh, maybe Michael Moore or something. They were all just trying to do the Michael Moore thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do they invest? You mean like super a super size me or yeah. invest? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah. That's like a different. I feel like that's a a subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for, for sure. Um, but I just love yeah. how freeing her films feel. Like, it feels like it just kind of puts all the rules aside of... I feel like as we kind of progress and, like, film becomes more and more commodified and stuff, that, like, um, you know, sometimes you lose that sense of wonder that her films have, you know? Yeah. And so I yeah. love when I get to visit them and experience it. And I feel like Godard had a lot of that. Uh, Eric Romare, in like a different way, had a lot of that. Uh, Chantal Ackerman had that, like in a completely mm-hmm. different way. You know, one yeah. one film I talk about on this podcast a lot is uh, uh, South by Chantal Ackerman, where she goes down to Jasper, mm-hmm. Texas, and kind of explores like this like horrific situation, but she does it in such a way that's so tender and so. Um, just different than like what a lot of filmmakers do um, that I just love visiting like these old documentaries because it almost gives you a freeing sense of like oh yeah all this stuff that I learned like I don't have to do it this way or <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean for sure I mean yeah I mean the whole thing this is like people write really long academic essays about um, what's what's real like what's a documentary if everything is staged so you're always just getting some type of truth um but then in attempting to find out what the truth is you do get a lot i feel like because of she is just so playful and so uh, i feel like she's trying to get the truth some other truth not what's actually happening it's what's true but the part of what's true like if you saw if you watch she made this i just watched it so because of it but she made a lot of short films in california and she made one about her uncle was not turned out it wasn't really her uncle was just a long a distant relative who was this kind of he was a vagabond in a way he just was kind of living off the grid in sausalito and this house that he probably built he's just being an artist and just so much of it is just so staged it's a documentary but it's just so uh i think she does that a lot she does that quite a bit and you would say well that's not reality that's not real but for me that's that's more real because she's getting at the heart of who her uncle it's not really her uncle but the guy her her uncle yanko it's called uncle (laughs) i think that she her her humanism her respect for people her interest in people is so beautiful and i think it's something that she has in common with frederick wiseman if we were not but i think that's also why i really like him as well and there's just something about that that the genuine curiosity about other people how they live faces places She's just going off on the countryside. She's talking to factory people. She's talking to farmers. Mm-hmm. She's just vagabond. She's just 
and she's just a lot of people aren't they don't uh, just on my day-to-day life interacting with people they don't seem to be as curious i don't i guess about other people how they live what is their daily life like i feel like that's sad you know we should be more curious about other people around us what they're what they're doing i think that's just a modern thing just being obsessed with yourself um but then she also puts herself in her thing that's the weird thing so she is in a way it's sort of vanity a little bit because she's there but she's our narrator like she has to be there she's also just so not pretentious and Mm -hmm. But still, she's really smart. I mean, it's hard to navigate all these things, you know? That's why I think she's the best. I mean, if we, the Jean-Luc Godard thing, he's great, but then he has, to me, he's got some issues. Oh, yeah, we totally. All, it's place to, yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of hard. It's hard for me to watch it. It's like, my, his, after that, it's like, listening to michael jackson now it's a little bit harder she literally has done that because like she's such a like beautiful and kind person that it's like how can anyone turn her down or not be there for her (laughs) like they must be a terrible person (laughs) (laughs) well the interesting thing is when you watch their films you can kind of see these things like uh godard i feel like as much as i love his films there is an egotism to it you know (laughs) <laughs> like and you can feel it in the film like even like uh like i'm really interested in like political cinema you know and like even his like political films films just feel like exercises in his own like uh intelligence of the subject or something <laughs> yeah. whereas like I, I feel like there's a a lack of curiosity in the humans there in Godard films, you're watching like his interest in story and structure more than anything. And, and like, uh, and kind of the issues that the film was talking about or, or how he decided to lay out the story or how he decided to move, do a specific camera shot or something, which don't get me wrong. I love, like, I love watching them and I love, yeah, yeah, I love, and I, but there is like an egotism to it and you kind of have to either like brush it aside or, or you just don't like it and watch something else. But Agnes Varda, you see her curiosity and it makes me want to be a better person. Honestly. Yeah. I think everybody, yeah. So true. Um, like every time I, I watch one of her films, I'm like, oh, I should like read more books and look at more art and go meet random yeah. people. And who are my neighbors? Yeah. Like I yeah. watch the, how do you say the, what's that other film called where she is in her neighborhood? Um, oh. like, de, all right, you guys can keep talking. I'll find. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. types. How do you say that? Yeah. I haven't seen that. I want to see that one. Yeah. yeah. Daguerreotypes. Or maybe sometimes I forget. What I think that's how you say it. I think it's daguerreotypes or something. I, it's in French, mm-hmm. so I and I don't I don't have a good French accent, so I'm <laughs> even though my last name is French, I'm still bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that movie, like, she literally just like goes down from her apartment building and meets all the shop owners, mm-hmm. you know, and makes a whole film just about the people in her neighborhood. And that movie specifically made me realize, oh, maybe I don't need to like you know, get, like, $30,000 together and go travel to, like, make a documentary about people across the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I could just, like, make a documentary about my friend 
And then I just did that. And I finally... <laughs> yeah, it's like that simple. It's like... Yeah. And then it, it makes you, like, sit down and realize how interesting the people's lives are that are, like, people that are just directly around us. And, and again, that's just one of those things that just makes me want to be a better person. <laughs> but I love how, like, she also, like, the people she's often interviewing are so different than her, like, mm-hmm. politically, socially, economically, but that never comes into play. It's more about, like, how we relate as humans and that that was my favorite thing about, well, Faces Places is just amazing, but what I loved was how the people she was talking to were basically kind of like the Trump supporters of America in a way of that crossover, but it never once like they were never demeaned and never felt that way or like that we couldn't relate to them. And it makes you kind of take a look at your own life and be like, there's so many stories and people around me, like we shouldn't be blocking each other out for not superficial, but for specific reasons. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, she went to the, specifically really rural super rural areas yeah um which is another working theme. Class. yeah which is another theme she kind of covers in like the gleaners and i too which does that yeah. so beautifully which you know she like also makes a film about food waste but she makes it like so interesting and about so many beautiful people mm-hmm. <laughs> i think also her trying to figure out what the movie is while she's making the movie. And I get a sense of spontaneity and adventure. And I think that's because a lot of it is really planned. Like we were talking about Uncle Yanko. But then there's also things that she just figures out. Well, I think there's a scene in Faces Places where she's sitting with Jay, the JR, who's, who's great, really good yeah. so far. He did the such a their, good job. Their chemistry is so good. I, it's perfect. Um, but yeah, he's like, oh, should we plan stuff? And she's like, well, sometimes with me it's better if we just discover, you know, discover mm-hmm. things. I mean, they definitely planned a lot of that movie. But you could also yeah. tell there were a lot of moments where she just was she was just meeting random people and talk, you know. It was a combination. Yeah. Um, and... That's very exciting to watch. And it kind of reminds you to, to be a better... I feel like it makes me a better filmmaker because, you, you know, I'm like, oh, it has to be so perfect. Mm-hmm. I have to I have everything planned. Everything needs to be, like, so... The shots. But then when you're actually there, the film... You know, you guys made movies. It's just you have to let go and you have to discover things. And that's actually more fun to watch. You know, like, if you do a take and then the actor whatever accidentally spills water that might be the best take that you have because it's just so um again that's it's it's real it's capturing some sense of realism there (laughs) Um, so yeah i think she's very good at that and she's and that's also something that i've tried to have fun with myself in my own things yeah speaking of your own things i I want to yeah yeah speaking of your own things i want to hear a little bit about this new project that you're working on bird shit and like what it is and where what project what part of the project uh or where you're at in the project right now bird shit so that's my um i'm developing a television show that's highly uh absurd and it's about my alter ego 
trying to just find her way, find meaning. Her name's Birdie Rosnack, hence, hence the name Birdshit. Uh, <laughs> her name's Birdie. And she's trying to find meaning and love in, in New York, in Ridgewood, and the surrounding areas. So, yeah, it's, it's um, I write, direct my own material. It's, it's comedic. It's definitely comedic. Um, and it's fiction. But, again, I'm... What we're talking about just using, it's a mix of using professional actors and then just non-actors. And just, again, I'm trying to combine, I feel like this is more, I mean, she, she's done that too. Agnes Varda definitely has done that in something like Vagabond, where she's combining the two. And that's where I'm interested, what I'm interested in right now. So a lot of it's my character in these surreal situations but then again she's just she might go into a store in Ridgewood Queens there's so many great it hasn't really been ravaged over here by gentrification so to me I find it very inspiring I mean I grew up in Manhattan so for me any type of like authentic neighborhood is so cool and there are a lot of really interesting mom and pop stories here and and um just uh, artists, cool artists over here, and I'm kind of interested in interviewing them and kind of weaving that into the narrative. I don't want to give stuff away, but I definitely, it's going to happen quite a bit. I don't want to give stuff away, though, because it'll, it'll be yeah, But definitely stereotypes type of thing, for sure. You know? Yeah. That's totally going to, that's going to be, like, a thing in the show. But, yeah. That's what I'm working on currently. That's awesome. Um, so I was just wondering if um, you find it ever difficult in, or putting so much of yourself in your projects, I mean, like being vulnerable in that way. Oh, being like emotionally or just practically? or both? Emotionally. Or I guess both, yeah. Um, no, emotionally because I think, I mean, it's, it's therapy. It's a way of kind of, I think in Agnes Varda, we, we keep, we can yeah. just keep talking, about, I'll just bring it back to her. Yeah, I think should. what she does, it's kind of a way of inter making it personal as a way to remember, a way to remember what she's been through. And she talks, she makes herself very vulnerable. I think she's incredibly brave and especially faces places to talk about your they, they show the needle going into her eye. It's it's just, that to me is, when I was watching that, I was thinking, you know what, she's doing this because this is therapy for her to have her documenting herself. And I, I feel similarly, like, I'm making myself vulnerable, but it helps me. It help, helps me figure out, you know, if, if I... Kind of, she's kind of structuring her reality, which I think that's what a bunch of writers and artists do in order to kind of figure out what's happening and maybe just, just a, yeah. So I don't think it's hard on an emotional level. Uh, I feel like I have to do it to be sane, um, but I think that it's on a practical level, it's pretty tricky. That's, that's so it's hard to direct and produce and then also act it's very hard to get into character while especially indie level indie it's tricky yeah. um but i 
I feel like it's worth it in yeah. the end. But um, I feel like I want to talk about before. I don't know when we're gonna. I feel like I just want to mention a bunch more documentaries. Yeah, sure. yeah. Satisfied unless I talk about like five more documentaries. Let's There's go. one you mentioned too that what? if you could, if we could talk about the Symbio Psycho Taxi Plaza. Oh. I've never met, like, have you seen it, Josh? I haven't seen that. i got to put it on it's my fair. list. I randomly discovered it at the library, and I've been wanting, like, a year ago. And it's so fascinating. So. Yes. That movie is so great. Oh, uh, you got to check it out. Yeah. That's okay. yeah, it's, There's nothing quite like that one. Um, I think Steve Rousseau, I thought I saw on Criterion Channel, he he kind of rediscovered it or something. Mm. He's the one who kind of salvaged that from obscurity, which I was like, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's just, do you want to say what it's... Yeah, so it's definitely ultra-realism, kind of meta in a way where they're creating a film in, is it in Central Park, right? Because it's been... Yeah, Central Park. And they have a camera crew filming the actual crew making the film. And it's sort of about the intricacies of filmmaking, but then all the weird sort of like human dynamics going on. And you don't really know what the actual film is. Like, do they they ever come out with that film? Or does the end all film just end up being the one make while shooting the film? Yeah. Is that... They're just kind of these really, the film within the film, I don't think they ever came out. It's yeah. cliche. The, the filmmaker's African-American, and the scene within the scene are very cliche, kind of soap opera, white people in a soap. And he, <laughs> he's directing them in Central Park. So you have, it's kind of, in. it's like the making of these, of these scenes. And... It's another thing where I think they were, his, his name's uh, William Greaves, the guy who made it. I think he was, he was kind of figuring it out as they went along. But again, it's the process of the filmmaking that they're documenting um, that I love it when movies do that. Not everyone can do that so great. You know, sometimes it can be tedious, but I think he did a really good job, William Greaves. Um, uh, he's he's great at doing that. I love the part. There's a scene in the movie it just cuts, and it's behind the scenes. All the crew it, they're yeah. just hanging out. The whole crew of the movie without William Greaves, and they're like, "This guy doesn't. He can't direct. He sucks. He doesn't know what he's doing." <laughs> I just love that. I love. And he he ends up putting that in the yeah. movie. I mean, he he has all the footage at the end of the day. And I think they were serious. I think they genuinely were like, let's talk about this because we're working on this indie film and our director is just, what is he doing with that? Um, it, se- it seemed very genuine, all those conversations are like and kind of relatable at times. Yeah. Def- and then they were like, yeah, if you're a filmmaker, you went to film school, then it's just a treasure. Because everyone's been on a set kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing? And it's very much about the process because they're filming these soap opera scenes. So it's very much the process of working with the actors and having all that. Um, and it's also just cool to see what it was like in New York back then. 
a lot of documentaries, it's just, it's just cool to be a part of that world for a bit, for that time period, you know? It's, so so I just about... brought that up. So that's called symbiopsychotoxoplasm. Yeah. I'll put yeah, it in the show it, notes. <laughs> it's really it's really a good one. Yeah. I and, um, and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before when I watched it. Like that's, that's it's cool. not one of those making of a making films. It's got so many like little parts to it and it's just yeah, it's really cool to watch. Um Let's, yeah, I'm let's... not done. I'm really not done with documents. Yeah, I mean, let's, say uh... I can, but I'm not. Like, I'm... We'll do like a lightning round. Okay, other, so, huge inspiration, Sherman's March, big, huge inspiration. After I saw that movie, that's another one. It's a big influence because, again, he's, he's goes to make a document documentary he's supposed to make a documentary about sherman's march but what he comes out with is so much more compelling than what a documentary and he still he makes it deeply personal um a lot of it's about his relationship problems and <laughs> a lot of humor and you're like what does this have to do with sherman's march but then it's somehow all connected you know it is about sherman's march so that's a huge one, especially uh, for my own, my own everything that I've done. Uh, Shirley Clark's Portrait of Jason. I don't have you guys seen that one. I have not seen that one either. Dang, you're schooling us yeah. here. Yes. You got to see it. It's it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It's it's just that one's more a character study of this one guy. Um, he's just a queer street performer slash prostitute in the 60s um this woman she's a she was an experimental filmmaker but she made this documentary about this guy and he's just so he's just such a beautiful person and she captures it's just the whole thing is just interviewing him um and him talking about his life and he's had such a fucking sorry i don't know cursing (laughs) had a very hard life of course uh he's a queer black man in the 60s he's not doing great but in a way he's just so inspiring um and there's still quotes from that movie there are things he says in that movie i I always think about when i'm feeling bad about myself he always says you know he there was a scene was trying to be in some kind of club scene and he said everyone thought he was weird at first but then he kept showing up he's like what and eventually people got tired of thinking he was weird and he kind of got accepted and that's my I'm like that's my whole thing you know whenever there's some kind of creative community I feel like I don't belong to I'm like well let me just keep showing up like uh, Jason and uh, people will be too tired to think I don't vlog. That's my whole thing. Okay. <laughs> See that? I need to be better uh, about that, too. Sherman's about what? About just going to communities that maybe I feel like an outsider. <laughs> just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're always like, oh, I'm an outsider. But just keep going. That's his whole motto. Um, and then, I mean, the Kuchar brothers... So they were experimental filmmakers, but they it's a hybrid of... Again, the humor thing, them injecting themselves and their humor, 
they also definitely they have to be Jewish. I don't. I'm Jewish too. I there, there's something there. There's some kind of connection there. Um, they're great. Of Les Blank. Okay, you have to mention Les Blank. Come on. Yeah. Again, the passion for the garlic movie. The garlic movie. Did you see the garlic movie? You will never look at garlic the same. Go watch the because he makes a whole movie about garlic. That's it, and it's the best. And you, okay, that's what put on your list. Yep. Um, and I mean, there's so many. More. There's also new, really. They're new filmmakers who are doing interesting things in in documentary. Um. The last one I saw in the theaters was Shirkers, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Now I think she, Sandy Tan and um. What did you think of Shirkers? I thought it was great. I saw it in the theater, um, and again, that's another you know making out of a not great situation, making mm-hmm. something good out of that. You know, um, and I like that. The arc, because you wonder if she had had made the movie, would that have been as good as this documentary? Yeah. You know, that's kind of the question. I'm like, maybe not. Maybe this is how it's supposed to go down. So. Also, yeah. I saw you wrote down F is for fake, which is like one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Like Orson Welles, like such a beautiful soul. <laughs> yeah, he's just. That's a good one. It is a good one. Another actor who makes documentaries, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, I'm all right. Um, I'm, I can relate to that. But yeah, his, that movie is great. It's just so layered and yeah. weird. He's just weird. I mean, he's, he's a weirdo. Weird he's a weird guy. <laughs> I mean, it's like what other person like will dress up like a magician and be like, Abric, and you're just like, I, lo- I respect this man. <laughs> I love him I think, so much. Yeah, I do too. I because he's another one of those people that's just wholly like, even though that whole movie is about like you know faking people out and lies and you know all this stuff and how cinema's lies and et cetera, et cetera. But there's something just so like, like, refreshingly honest about the way he presents himself in that film, where he's just like, I'm this weirdo who's been making films for forever and basically like invented like every modern, you know, cinematic technique, <laughs> you know. But he like puts it out there in this like beautiful little package and like, and it just feels so fun and weird and beautiful. Yeah, I think, and I think I feel like the way he edited the movie is really. If we get we we really haven't talked about the practicalities of make what these people are making, you know. And I feel like a lot of the Agnes, what Agnes does as well. There are a lot of fast, a lot of fast cuts. One of the th- why is there a monkey in it all the time? <laughs> <laughs> he's always cutting the monkey. He's like always doing that. But you're, it wakes you up. It's kind of like yeah. when you're eating sushi and there's like there's there's the ginger. Just that's like the monkey for him. Wakes you always coming back. <laughs> and also, oh, Frederick Wiseman sound design. Because I rewatched Titty Cut Follies. Mm. The sound design is awesome. 
in that in the way so much there's no music except for the music that they're creating and he catches the rhythm of that place <laughs> I, I just noticed that when I was rewatching that one um, his films almost play like really long symphonies in a way like they take a long time to build and you're you're observing and watching and it's like okay because I haven't seen that one in a while but his more recent ones are quite slow well even slow for Weissman um, yeah. and it's yeah it's like you're watching it observing and trying to figure out what's the point and what's going on and then all together it creates like this beautiful piece about whatever the subject he's trying to kind of show or the world he's trying to show. But yeah, I never thought about, yeah, sound design. It's quite, it's simple, but it's like very well done. Yeah, it's definitely, at least with that movie, I, I think, I think he's just, yeah, he, he's thinking about his images as well as what he's hearing and kind of putting it all together. Yeah, um, yeah I, I mean, I think they all, but yeah. And I think that's someone who almost does that opposite of, like, kind of moving slowly, but also, like, keeping you really engaged, but almost in, like, a zen way as uh, Chantal Ackerman. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely, yeah, she's very, you know, yeah. letting it happen as it happens. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, hers are, hers are great. I loved her, no, no, her last movie. Mm-hmm. It's great, her. And so... That movie, no, it's called No Home Movie. Was that her last movie? I think so, yeah. It's just like, that was her last movie, and then Agnes Varna's last movie. Oh. Are one of the, that's, that's some of the best movies they made. It's, cra- mm-hmm. it's crazy that a 90-year-old woman is able to make one of, that is just so inspiring. Yeah. I mean, I know she had to help with JR, obviously helped her a lot, but still, you could tell that. She drove that, and yeah, I mean, and then it, also it was very much tried, her film. You could tell, you know. Yeah, it's like how usually with the I find with most filmmakers they kind of they lose it. Whatever I don't know if you guys know they they seem to be good in the beginning mm-hmm. of their years, and then later on it's like oh, um, but they yeah they they show that it's not true. That's not, don't, don't assume that's true, but, um, maybe, yeah. Maybe only lose it if you're, like, a really rich, like, generic white dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything's so easy, you know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, No Home Movie, that's one of my favorite. I haven't seen too much of her, but that one about her mom was just so... Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, do you want to tell people where they can find your films? Yes, you can find uh, my films on my website. It's just my name, com, and I have all the social media. Everything up, it's just updates about my projects. It's nothing really, there are no, like, beach pictures there. It's just about news. Um, so, yeah. I have another private one for beach pictures if someone wants to know that. But, yeah, all, all my news is just on my 
Instagram. So yeah, just stay stay posted, everyone. Awesome. Thank you. So I'm much. gonna keep saying so I keep I'm yeah. gonna stop. I keep keep tapping. Well, thank Run you. Them around. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on and nerding out about films with us. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. I loved your thoughts on um, Barda. They were great. Oh yes, yeah. Oh gosh. And we'll keep an eye out for bird shit. It was great talking. It was great talking with you both. <laughs>